Thank you for tuning in to Bible Storming Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our aim is to help you be intentional in how you think about the Bible. It is more than just reading the words. It is about diving deep into the text. So let's study together. Here is your host, Daniel Webster. What's up, Bible Stormers, and welcome back to the Bible Storming Podcast. This is your host, Daniel Webster, and I'm so grateful that you've joined me today as we sit down or, or, or run or drive, whatever you're doing right now, as we come together and we strive to think through the Bible and think through God and spirituality and try to determine what truth is, try, try to discover for ourselves what the truth actually is. Now today, if you're listening to this on the day when it drops, you know that today is a special day. Today is Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all you all you happy couples out there. I hope y'all are having a great day. And I, f- I thought today would be the perfect day for us to discuss God's most basic attribute. The one thing that if you had to pick one thing that God is, it is this thing. It is love. First John chapter four and verse eight, God is love. You can flip that around like a math equation, flip it around the equal sign and say, love is God. Everything that we know about God can be summed up in one word, and that is love. And everything that we know about love can be summed up in one word, and that's God. God is love. And so today we're going to talk about the love of God and, and specifically how that love has impacted us, how that love has reached down to our world and changed it forever. Before we do that, I have a favor to ask of you. I hope this doesn't bring up any any bad memories or make you sad here on Valentine's Day, but my goal with this is is to make you think. Here's Here's my favor. Here's my challenge. Stop for just a moment and think about all the people who have told you that they love you. Maybe family members, maybe brothers and sisters in Christ, maybe friends, maybe spouses or, or, or ex-boyfriends or girlfriends. Try to think of all the people who have told you that they love you specifically. Now, second thing, how many of those people would still say that. Now, if they're a brother or a sister in Christ, hopefully they, they would still say, and hopefully they would still still live out the, the confession that they, they love you as, as a brother or, or a sister in Christ, as, as somebody who, who is also in God's family. But how many people w- would say that they still love you in, in the way that they, they meant it when they first said it? I would guess that there are some people in your life, just as there are in mine, who wouldn't say that today. What's the point? Love is fleeting. Love is something that that unless it is carefully maintained, unless it's diligently sought after, it can be here today and and gone tomorrow. Psychologists tell us that the in-love feeling that that most people feel when they're in relationships can last anywhere from, from about six months to two years. And after, at some point around that mark, after that, 
Couples have to decide whether or not they are going to love the other person. Love is a decision. And I think we see that. And and it's such a beautiful thing. Sometimes it can sound kind of cold. But in reality, I think that's the most beautiful way that we can look at love. That love is a choice. Love is, is intentionally deciding to value other people more highly than you value yourself. And that is what we're going to see as we talk about the love of God, love in its highest form, its its truest form. That's what we see in God and how he has interacted with us. Okay, so today, let's just go through the New Testament and notice what it tells us about the love of God and, and especially the love that God feels for us. And then maybe someday, and then let me know if you want to want to hear this in an episode, maybe someday we can talk about the love that we, we need to feel for God and, and the love that we need to feel for each other. But especially today, we're going to talk about the love of God. As, as we're in this first season of the Bible Storming Podcast, talking about God. So today, let's talk about the love that God has for you and for me. Now, in doing that, I want to introduce the concept of love in the New Testament by talking about the two most common words translated love in our New Testament. Now, the first one is the Greek word phileo. Phileo. Now, phileo is loving something or someone because of how the object of love makes you feel. We might describe this as, as liking something. It's, it's, it's this warm feeling that you have in your heart. There's, there's a lot of feeling wrapped up in this word. You feel it because the object of love makes you feel pleasure. Now, one example of this is in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 5, where Jesus says, And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. So, why did those hypocrites love to pray in those public places? Because it made them feel good. That They loved praying in public because it made them feel pleasure, and they liked that feeling. That's phileo. It's loving something or someone because of finding pleasure in the object loved. We might even say that that is a selfish kind of love in the, in the sense that we love this person or this thing because of how they make us feel. That's phileo. Now, this is only applied to God the Father twice in the New Testament, or it's only used referring to God the Father twice. And the first one is in John chapter 5 and verse 20, where the Bible says, or John says, that God phileo Jesus. He, he had an affection for Jesus. And the second one is in John chapter 16 and verse 27. I think this one is, is more applicable to what we're talking about today. John chapter 16, verse 27, Jesus tells his apostles, for the Father himself loves you. He phileos you because you have loved me. You have phileoed me and have believed that I came forth from God. Now, phileo is is the love that we feel for a friend. This is the kind of, of, of love that we might call friendship. So Jesus here says that, that the Father loves Everyone who, who, number one, loves Jesus, and number two, believes that he came from God. The Father views those people as friends. He, he loves them with the love of friendship. He, he, he likes them. They make him feel affectionate toward them. He feels pleasure in them. So that's phileo, and God feels that for you. If you love Jesus and if you, are, if you believe that he 
came from God and you're, you're obeying his words. God feels that for you. So not only does he love you, he also just likes you. God likes you and I as people. And what, what a wonderful concept that is. But the second word is, is the word that we really want to focus on today because it's the word that over and over and over and over and over again is applied to God in the New Testament. And that is the word agape. You feel phileo because the object of love makes you feel pleasure. You feel agape, not not because of anything that the object of love does for you, but because of how precious the object of love inherently is to you. Phileo is pleasure. Agape is preciousness. This is about you valuing the object of love because of what it is. Because you value that object, you prize it. You hold it in high esteem. You, you love it. You agape it. Now, to see an example of, of kind of what I'm getting at with this, with this discussion of the word of agape, look at 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. 1 Peter 1 verse 22, or if, or if you're in a car or running, whatever, just I'll read it in just a second. 1 Peter 1 22 having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Wait, so Peter just said, you love, so you you need to love. Why would he say that? Because one of the loves in in this passage is phileo. One of them is agape. The Christians to whom Peter is writing are already friends. They already love one another because they make each other feel good. They already have phileo. They have that sincere brotherly love. What they didn't have was the second word, agape. They didn't prize each other because of their inherent preciousness. That shows the contrast between phileo and agape. Phileo comes from the heart because of pleasurable feelings toward the object of love. Agape comes from the heart because of valuable qualities in the object of love. Phileo takes pleasure in. Agape ascribes value to. Phileo is a love of liking. Agape, a love of prizing. Now, there's something about agape that that you might be picking up on, and that's this. Agape love is not really about emotion at all. In fact, we might even argue that agape would not be included in our modern concept of love. We don't think of love as as an evaluation of somebody's worth. We, We think of it as a very emotional word, a word that's filled with feelings. But what about a concept that really doesn't involve emotion, that, that doesn't necessarily make you feel good, that, that isn't about some kind of passion or a hug or, or even a handshake. What about a concept that really is about a trophy, that, that's about worth? It's not about butterflies in my stomach. It's, it's not really an emotion at all. Would we even call that love? The Greeks didn't. Agapon, the, the root word for agape, was very rarely used in, in classical Greek literature. So that's literature that is from around the time of the Bible or before. And agape itself was never used in classical Greek writings, not one single time. 
it was the type of word that, that if you spoke Greek as a second language, which was what's the case with many people of the world at that time, it was kind of like English in our day. You might know the word agape, but it would really be an empty concept in your mind. It wouldn't really mean anything to you. So because of that, it was almost like this word was a noble concept to them. It didn't have anything bad associated with it, but it had the potential to be used for so much more. And so in the New Testament, after never being used in classical Greek literature, in the New Testament, the word agape or one of its variations is found 300 and 20 times. This word had its definition before the Bible, but it really didn't mean anything in the lives of people. The pagan Greeks didn't know anything about the kind of love that Jesus displayed at Calvary. That They had no concept of this kind of love that dies for your enemies. So they had no word for that kind of love. But Because agape was such a little used word, the Holy Spirit could take the basic definition that this love that arises because of the preciousness of the object of love and give it new meaning for what it means in everyday life. So when we see the word agape in the New Testament, we should understand it as that love of preciousness, but we should also understand the added meaning that the Holy Spirit poured onto this word through how he used it. The Holy Spirit, in essence, added a real-life description to the the basic definition of agape. He showed us what agape really looks like. And how did he do that? He showed us how God loves us. What I'm saying is that the love of God is what true love really is. The love of God is the highest form of love. It, It is above And at the same time, it encompasses everything that we think of as love. And next week, we'll talk more specifically about what the New Testament says that that looks like and means in and for our lives. So thank you so much for joining me this week on the Bible Storming Podcast, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Until then, remember to to subscribe to the Bible Storming Podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. and. Give us a rating or review if, if, you, if the platform that you listen to us on allows you to do that. That would really help us out, trying to get the word out about these podcasts so we can glorify God to more people and hopefully help more people do the same thing, to glorify Him every single day. So thank you so much for joining me this week, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. That's the Scattered Abroad Network at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.